pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. What is going on, San Antonio? Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I am joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. What up? How you doing today, Jack? Doing just fine, my man. Are you doing sure? Just fine. Are yeah. you feeling good? Feeling great. Because, you, you know, I... A little I'm tired. A little tired. I'm a little tired, too. If we're being honest, Yeah. this show's called The Saturday Morning Hangover, and I... We live up to that most times. Some of the times, you just need to bring that energy every once in a while, right? <laughs> Better you than me today, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You're just tired because of work. Yeah, I just didn't get out of work till 1 in the morning last night. I am also tired because of work, and I needed to unplug from work when mm. I finally finished this week, so... Mm-hmm. Boom. Spend a night through, had a good time. Anyway, I, w- I want to start the show off. I, w- I want to pump our chest out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to feel good about ourselves. I want to start this thing off with, did you watch Spurs last night? I caught the highlights because I was at work, of course. But Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw it went down. You, s- you saw what went down? I saw what went down, baby. It was pretty, right? <laughs> it was. It was so pretty. The flow of the game. We got Devin <laughs> dropping 20, Primo with 28 minutes off the pine. You got to love that. The, Murray's running the show. 30.15 assists, triple-double. Yep. 15th ha- is a, f- what, what, franchise? Franchise record. Boom. Just boom. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing, as our guy Alba Gomez says on our YouTube live feed, the Spurs killed it last night. I couldn't agree more. And if you look at it, YouTube, Facebook, you can join us at either platform. Search San Antonio Sports Star. Of course, we are the Saturday Morning Hangover. We are your hangover without the headache right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Man, I'm looking at what happened last night with that Spurs game, and I just couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. Vince Trevino on her Facebook Live says, Morning, gents. What's happening, my dude? I, I'm so excited about the possibilities of the future of this team now. I look at McDermott and mm-hmm. Keldon playing in the starting lineup. Now, obviously, I still don't like Keldon at the four or McDuck buckets for that fact. Like Either way, you slice it. But I like what this team looks like. Mm-hmm. I like Primo getting 28 minutes. I like the fact that Lonnie's now down to 13. Primo's a better player than Lonnie. He needs to get more minutes. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. At this point, we know who Lonnie is. You could move him at the deadline. 
You're not re-signing him. Once Jay Rich gets here, sorry, Lonnie. Your time might be might be dwindling. Zach Collins. Devin Vassell, man. Devin Vassell looked nice last night. Devin Vassell was a plus 40 last night. Yes. He was incredible on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. Both sides of the floor. P- shot it well from three. Got into his game. Had a huge dunk. Like, I freaking love what I saw from the San Antonio Spurs last night. This is the team I've wanted to see all along. Yep. Just give me the young people. Let them run, and we'll figure it out as it goes because sometimes baptism by fire is the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. Right? Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how happy last night made me, especially the fact that it came against a Hawks team that last year was in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Now, obviously, they're struggling this year. Esteban Rameau pledge doesn't wait for the sun to be out for the guns to be out. He does not. <laughs> I I don't. This has been this has been my day. I'm here. I'm going full McAfee. This is what I'm about. I'm excited. Plus, Super Bowl Fifty Six live in Los Angeles. We've mm-hmm. been there all week. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage brought to you. By AA Best Bail Bonds, of course, the Nearside app, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Man, this is going to be a good game. I yeah. I just really feel like this is going to be one of those like great close games. I do not feel like this is going to be a blowout. I would actually be shocked if this one gets out of hand. Yeah, I would too. It's just, I mean, these two teams have been great at coming back obviously and i just feel like that's going to continue to be the narrative that you know if one team gets down they're going to fight and claw back to get back in it so yeah i don't see any sort of any sort of a blowout happening here john dyer on our facebook live says vassell and primo are going to play too well and ruin the tank look i've been on team tank for a long time Mm mm-hmm but my tank is always with the caveat. Let the young guys play. If they play well, then who cares? Yeah. Just let the young guys play. That's the emphasis on my tank. Just I want to see the young guys play. And we we did last night. Mm-hmm. We we got uh, Keldon with 33. We got Devin with 28 in a start. And my goodness, that starting unit looks so much better with Vassell in the starting unit next to DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray played outstanding. Jakob Pertl had a really good game. He was a plus thing. As a matter of fact, everybody in the starting unit was a plus last night. You got to see Zach Collins a little bit. You got to see Trey Jones for 16. You got 28 minutes out of Primo. Mm -hmm. You're getting 13 now out of Lonnie Walker, which at this point, he is what he is. But I just enjoy watching them develop together. That's what I've wanted all this time. That's been the main impetus on tanking is just let the young guys go and we'll figure out what happens. Agreed. I mean, this is the best possible thing. Now, we still have a few new pieces to add to this roster, but I do think, I think a lot like you, I think Jay Rich is going to help. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to help 
a lot and probably steal some minutes from multiple players that are coming off the bench. He'll probably take, what do you figure? He's taking some of Lonnie's minutes, Yeah. right? Once he kind of indoctrines himself into the system. Yeah. He's probably going to take some of, I see Wieskamp got some minutes last year. That's not sustainable. Trey Jones, Trey Jones probably loses some minutes, um, but mainly Lonnie, Lonnie and Trey. Yeah, which I'm okay with if he does. I'm also okay if he doesn't. Like, I understand he'll be a piece, but he's going to be a role piece to this team. Yeah, I, I'd expect him at about fifteen, twenty minutes a game. Yeah, it sounds about right. As long as it doesn't impede Josh Primo's minutes, yeah, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's anybody else on the bench. You can take all their minutes. Anybody, anybody you want. Literally, as long as Primo continues to get, you know, the only 25 players, to 28 minutes, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Only players off the bench that I need to play are Primo and Zach Collins. Yeah, really, that's all I need to see out of those guys. Uh, you know, I. You keep around Key Debates Diop because I do believe he has value at the four. Yeah. Uh, especially if, if players get in foul trouble. Same goes with whether it's Landell or Kaycock. Like, y- you guys are just minutes for bigs that in case they get into foul trouble. Yeah. If, if Yak and Collins end up getting in foul trouble, all of a sudden Landale becomes more minutes guy. Mm-hmm. That's what it goes on. Don't forget, we're going to have Jeff Garcia of Ken's Five and Locked On Spurs joining us coming up here in just a few minutes. He is going to hop on, let us know about the moves at the deadline, what it means for the future, and what these new-look Spurs may eventually look like, and if I'm just getting ahead of myself after they took care of things against a bad Hawks team. But I did like what I saw last night. Jack? As we head into this Saturday, I know you are a huge proponent of college basketball. There are some oh, yeah. great games on the schedule, including the number one ranked Auburn Tigers taking on your Texas A and M Aggies. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a tough out, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Look, can can we just call it what it is? It's not going to be pretty today. Probably not going to be pretty now, <laughs> but. Even if it's not, you can catch that game right here on San Antonio Sports. Our tip-offs at 11 o'clock. It will come on as soon as we go off the air for tip-off. Uh, Vince Trevino on our Facebook live feed says that Pledge and Carl did a hell of a job this week with the guys in L.A. Kept it moving. Props. Hey, don't forget, Jack's a part of what helped us keep it moving, too, Vince. Jack came in a couple of times this week. Help me out during halftime to keep things moving along. So, I Jack, do what I can. Jack was a big part of helping me get through this. Michael Jimenez is actually up. I know he Why? went to like three or four different yeah. Super Bowl parties last night, including Emmett Smith's, and uh, took a power nap in the Uber between Super Bowl parties at some point. Um, Go to bed, bro. Right. What so nine? That would be seven. Their time, Mike. Man, <laughs> you go to need bed. To get some rest. 
I understand being a trooper, but this is the day you're supposed to actually sleep in. You don't have anything to do except get ready to go to the airport, which I believe y'all are flying out at, like, 1. So, you're up way too early, my dude. Way too early. But I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you. Of course, they killed it on Radio Row all week. We're going to talk a little bit about what Emmett Smith had to say. He was very, very... And Rudolph Renee brings up a great point. Maybe he's just still up. <laughs> that is a fantastic point, Rudolph. Um, Emmett Smith joined The Blitz yesterday. If you haven't seen it, it is on our YouTube page. It is on... Uh, the big game coverage page as on our audio vault. He was extremely critical of Mike McCarthy mm -hmm. yesterday. We're going to play a little bit of that for you here a little bit later, but we're going to take a break right now. We're going to step aside Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs and, of course, Ken's Five, their Spurs digital reporter. He's going to join us next. Let us know what the moves this week meant what it means for the future, and what we think of how they looked after these moves. That's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. What? Stepping to the spotlight here on the Saturday morning hangover. Little run the jewels never hurt nobody. I'm James Pledger. He's Jack Thompson. That other face you see holding venom, that would be our man, Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. He is the host of that podcast, and he's also the Spurs digital reporter for Ken's Five. Jeff, my man, thank you for taking some time out this morning with us. Yeah, not a problem. I had to bring Venom in because somebody else has to have some guns on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you take off that hoodie. You've got the guns, my oh, friend. No. Yeah, you and I you and I've been out. You know I like to keep that low key. <laughs> yeah, I try. You know, hey Jack, uh Pleasure and I went out one time. I and he's like, Pleasure's like, I'm like, Pleasure, you know, you turn off the gun, turn off the gun. I was like, Oh, I like to try to keep mine low key. Oh no, no jacket can keep you low. <laughs> <laughs> he came out, that jacket was on, and it was snug. I was like, I see you, you built like a like a brick. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every time I try, I try to hide it up, man. But no, um what a what a few days for the Spurs. What oh. a few days Incredible. for the Spurs, Whoa. my man. A I look few days. <laughs> I look at what happened and yeah. you've covered this team for a long time. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've ever seen anything like this. Tell yeah. me about what Brian Wright did historically. I, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that, too. I go, when was the last time I saw a flurry, quote-unquote, for the Spurs? And pleasure, maybe you can help me out here. Maybe Rodman, Purdue, was the last time, maybe, kind of, sort of-ish. But, um, no, I like what Brian Wright did. Oh, mm -hmm. the I love it. The, the Band-Aid had to be ripped. It had to be. It, yeah. It was... Something had to give. Mm -hmm. You gotta make. You gotta. You gotta give money to make money, and they <laughs> have to give up Derek White. And guess what they got in return? First round draft pick. You gotta give up uh, something to get more, right? And that one's so, only top what? four protected, right? Yep. Right, right. And you know, you know that's gonna unlock. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. gonna convey. There's this no year. way the cells, yeah, that, the unlock. Celtics fall yeah. into that top four. Because here's the thing. Yeah. Derek feels like exactly what Boston needs. 
They need a floor general and a distributor. DeJounte was that here, so it was just a gluttony of too many things on the floor at one time, Mm -hmm. and DeJounte was just better at it. Uh, With with Derek, he's going to give them exactly what Jason Mm -hmm. Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown need, which is someone that can set them up, because that was not Dennis Schroeder, Mm -hmm. which they they tried to bring him in to do it. It's not really Marcus Smart's bailiwick. He's more of a defensive two more than anything. So they needed somebody that could just get them into their own offense. Absolutely. And I think this is perfect for them. Yeah, and what a debut he had. I mean, yeah. he, he was actually already in Boston, you mm-hmm. know, after the trade was pretty much uh, consummated. He, not only is this just a point guard spot, but talk about a defensive tandem one-two punch with him and Smart. Oh, God, Boston's yeah. going to have a nice, nice little one-two punch there. Oh, yeah. For San Antonio, I mean, I love that, that the largest contract is gone. Yes. That's awesome. 18 yeah. mil off the books, baby. 18 <laughs> mil off the books, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yep. This was a win-win for everybody. Yes. Even the deals with Toronto, even the deals with Denver, and with the three-team deal with the Jazz, they're stockpiling. They're taking a page out of Sam Presti. You remember that guy? It's exactly what. Sam oh, Presti you mean did. you mean Mr. Stock draft Pick Hoarder? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stock up on draft picks. First yep. rounders, they got them. Second rounders, they got it. Make some cap space. They did it, and then some. I think mm-hmm. they're the what the second biggest hitter. In this offseason? Well, they got rid of their uh, two of their three biggest contracts, right? In terms right. of Thad yeah. and yeah. Derek. Thad and Derek. Yeah. It's only DeJounte now. There's, there's one other team. I think there is one other team that has a little bit more money than them. But Portland opened up a ton of Portland, money. Thank you. That's it. They yeah. opened up close Portland. to $60 million, I believe, going yeah. into the yeah. offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Spurs are going to have somewhere around 40 I mean, getting yeah. Norman, CJ, and... Um, and, yep. Covington mm-hmm. off your books, that's a whole lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So, but regardless, you know, love with the Spurs, dude. Okay, so, so, so they're, they're setting themselves for the future. It's going to be a crazy draft. And I like this, Jack. They have options now. Yep. Who Plenty wants to of. And bundle some stuff together. You know, I'm like this. I'm not right. I'm like this. <laughs> yep. What are we doing? What are we doing? Okay, who? We got first rounders. We got second rounders. We got, yes, this is still on the table, Jack. Young bucks that they can flip still. Mm-hmm. They can still flip these young guys. I still think they can. You can't tell me, James, if if, if an established NBA All Star that is perfect complementary to Dejounte, you don't tinker with that idea. And I'm just using for example, John Collins. I would love it. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, if they say okay, Atlanta depending says, what oh, you give well, up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. If Atlanta says we, oh, you got draft, uh, you have a draft uh, stockpile here. You got some young guys, and this is just. You know, throwing it out there. You, know, you got a guy like Trey Jones. You got a guy like uh, Wieskamp out there. You know, you got, oh, I don't know, Keldon. You know, who knows? Mm. Um, uh, it, that's something it. that it would take. I would, I'm yeah. positive. If you're yeah. going after Keldon, it would take picks and yep. either Keldon, Primo, or Vassell. Right. But the point is, is that I like to have options. They're not, they're not boxed in anymore. They're not, well, we can't, we don't really have, you know, something to offer on the table with low first-round picks or second-round picks. Now we have... End of the here. lottery picks. Yeah, end of the lottery picks. So if you thought the Spurs were active right before the trade deadline, I, I hope they're active come off-season draft lottery, mm-hmm. you know, draft day. Yeah. I really, really hope so. I think this is a pivotal moment in, in the Spurs rebuild right now. This is it. This could really 
make this rebuild a lot shorter. Yeah. A yes. Lot shorter. It could go from because, rebuild to retool in a matter yeah. of one summer. Mm-hmm. One summer, yes. And here's the thing, see, okay, let's just say they do the retooling, Jack, mm-hmm. and they lo- launch themselves to the top three or the top four. What oh, my God. You know, it, it's still going to be cry. a little while, though. It, I, I would cry. A little while. But yeah. uh, Baby Steps, as uh, my favorite we, movie, Bob. What About Bob, used to be Baby Steps. If we got into the top let's three. Let's get into the top six, and then yeah. we'll worry about the top three. <laughs> if we get into the top three, we will make the playoffs next year. No I doubt, am, in my, oh, no in the doubt lottery? in my oh, mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, Jack, Jack, I know you're you're big into the college thing. Is it win-win-win kind of thing, like for the Spurs? Like, just pretend. Okay, they, they select Chet. Mm-hmm. You going to be okay with that? Yeah. They select mm-hmm. Bari. You okay with that? Bonchero, you're yes. okay with that? Like, the, he and I actually position, talked about this off-air yesterday. The best position oh, to really know. be in is the third pick. Or, or I mean, it, like, unless you have someone nailed down, but that's yeah. so much pressure... To on pick that between those three, yeah. and then even to p- pick between two of them, like so. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'd be ecstatic with any of them because any of the three immediately starts as our four. And here's the thing: yeah. either of the three is great. We're also talking about Jaden Ivy mm-hmm. and how great oh, yeah. he looks out at, in Purdue right now. Like, hey, yeah. there's some. If you fall to yep. eight. Would you, uh, Patrick Baldwin is sliding down the draft board right now. Mm-hmm. Would you go at eight and maybe take him a little earlier, seeing as the, yeah. we both think he may slide out of the top 10 now? Yeah, he's, I haven't seen him yeah. in any top 10s recently. Yeah. But, uh, and then you look at the immediate future for the team. You, you got Richardson coming in. You got mm-hmm. uh, Langford, who's still a project. He'll be in Austin, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked to uh, a Boston media about Langford and Romeo, and um, they're saying that he's just been beset with injuries. He hasn't had a break, and inexplicably, Boston never used their G League path to send him to the Red Claws. Really? So he's barely even. He's not even. I mean, maybe he'd have a cup of coffee, and that's it. Yeah. So I think they dropped the ball in that department with him. Speaking of uh, the G League, Jeff. Project. Yeah. Do you think Primo goes back there at any point no, this season and he's here? No, no, no. He, so he's, he's yeah, on the Keldon plan that yeah, I yeah. said in the offseason. the Keldon plan. Yeah, like, exactly. after I saw him in Utah in the first yep. summer league, I was like, I'm adjusting my, my lineup for him. Yep. <laughs> I see yeah, him on and, the Keldon trajectory. Yeah, and this is the thing, too. Look at last look at the night versus uh, the Hawks. 13 mm. points off the bench, mm-hmm. played really good defensive moments. I don't know yeah. if you caught that. Mm-hmm. He was really, you know, trying to put some clamps on somebody out there. And to me, it wasn't too surprising. I've spoken to the Austin Spurs head coach, uh, Bosnick, out there, and, and he says, look, Jeff, there's never been a time where Primo has done something that, that it just always surprises me. Like, I didn't know he could do that. I didn't know he could do that. Mm-hmm. Defensively and offensively. I mean, Primo has even told me that he wants to shed this stereotype that he has of being just a gunner yeah he says, i'm not a gunner he's told me i've had handles mm-hmm. i can defend oh yeah i can do all this stuff he had that so nice for him. nice pass that he avoided yeah. the charge and hit Dejounte for that dunk that yeah. little no look through the middle of the lane yeah he's got a great natural just, instinct is it just is it just me or is he um is he training with pleasure because that that guy got some muscle on him yeah er, yeah he's, mean, he's he's really bulked size. up he is bulked up, yeah. and something I didn't know because I've gotten to, in the past months at courtside a couple yeah. of different times. His lower body is thick. 
So he has good trunks? He's got trunks for legs. Yeah. Like, I was shocked okay. with how thick his lower body was, which allows him to be able to, at least mm -hmm. defensively, hold his own extremely well mm -hmm. at yeah. an oh, yeah. early age. And as young as yeah. he is, and as thin as he looked coming out, I did not mm -hmm. expect his lower half to be that big. Now, it looks like he's yeah. put on, like, 20 pounds. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, you know, uh, when he's time in Austin. And, uh, but, yeah, it's significant. You can definitely see that he's at his size. And, you know, you look at the team now. You know, okay, the deals were made. Brian Wright, A+. Plus. You're setting this team up right for the future with Pick. Now the young kids are going to start really balling out. You got rid – you're not getting rid of but you traded away your oldest, quote-unquote, player of the young core, which mm -hmm. is Derek. Uh, guess what? Minutes are freed up for Primo. Minutes freed up for Trey Jones. Uh, Devin Vassell is slotted into the starting lineup now. Um, now you got a power player off that bench, uh, Richardson, who mm -hmm. I think will mm -hmm. make waves with him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm excited yeah. for him. Yeah. And and the thing about it, I look at it, I go, well, is the new odd man out now, Lonnie? Is he the new odd man out? Mm -hmm. Because, yep. I mean, Jack, it's not a slump he's going through. This is this is something bigger. This is who he, he is. Yeah. It's just, just terribly fit. inconsistent. I mean, when when the Spurs broadcast, low-key calls him out. I don't know if you caught that. Y'all overheard that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of a dead moment in the in the broadcast, and one of the announcers says, it's all quiet, and he goes, so Lonnie's in a slump. And that's all you heard. That's all you heard, and then they, they flash the numbers. What is it, 13 points, and he went, I mean, thir uh, 13 minutes, and he went over? Mm -hmm. And when Primo's emergence and Vassell's just playing out of his mind versus Atlanta, Lonnie's going to be looking like he may be wearing a new uniform next season. I want to talk a little bit more about this new Spurs team. I know you got a flight you're preparing for. Do you have one more segment in you? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's roll. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Jeff's going to come back. We're going to talk about the future of the Spurs team this season and what it means moving forward. That's coming up next here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Yeah, um, Bob came to my room. Uh, we were in Atlanta, and, and he told me that um, they traded me to, to Boston, and um, just had a little conversation with him, and then um, just try to figure out. What that was former San Antonio Spurs guard Dejounte Murray at his opening press conference over there in Boston. Explaining how he found out about the trade, uh, Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs and Ken's Five Digital Reporter joining us now here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. We are your hangover without the headache right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. So Derek seems pretty shook up about this, yeah. Jeff. Um, yeah. Also, I don't know if you caught it, and if you wow. did... Awesome, because you live on Twitter way more than I do, so that was... I'm sending it to you direct message right now, All just right. in case you haven't, but DeJounte's basically tweet when the actual trade went down at the deadline yesterday. It's very shocking. Right. It is Kevin Hart oh. 
<laughs> popping his head in WTF. with the WTF. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this yeah, looked uh, to have unleashed DeJounte, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, at least in one game. Now, we we got to pump the brakes a little bit. You know, I know I don't want to rain in the parade. Ah, come on, Hawks. Jeff. Let us be hyperbolic. The Hawks. John Collins did not play the full game. The Hawks were in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals last year, Jeff. Let us enjoy this. <laughs> but look, uh, okay, let's we'll start with the, with the reaction of Murray. Yeah, I think, I think that was just everybody in San Antonio, just the fan base. Nobody expected that. Nobody thought that they trade away Derek White. He was seen as the core. James, he was in HEP commercials. That's a, that's a sign right there that you're going to be a longtime spur. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, they dealt him. Um, uh, and, and then White, yeah, he spoke after his debut. He had, mm-hmm. a, by the way, he had a phenomenal debut, double-digit figure scoring, few, um, you know, three three-pointers. He just played really well. But one, I'm glad that Pop did tell him face to face. I'm glad they did that. Um, yeah, usually Pop will let these guys know ahead of time, and he did that. Uh, I think it was shocking. And remember, this is a very young core. This is their first real dip into the business side of the NBA. This is it right here. Uh, DeJounte Murray even spoke about it after the game Mm -hmm. with Atlanta saying that he too was shocked, but that, you know, he said that he's old enough already in the league, you know, NBA years to understand that, okay, this is part of the deal. Greg Popovich applauded Brian Wright before the game saying that he did a bang-up job. That he and that he Brian Wright understood the situation the Spurs are currently in and made adjustments accordingly. One of the adjustments they had to do was alleviate that guard spot. It was a clog. There were just clogs there. Mm-hmm. Something had to give, and the first give was White. Now, you know, credit to Derek. You know, he he did applaud the Spurs uh, for you know developing him. You know, all players do. Derek, Drew Eubanks did after he got traded. Um, and now Derek White did publicly, and but this is this is what needs to be done. This had to be done. Something had to be done to get this team uh, on the right path. And Jack, I, I, you know, last I checked, no big free agents are coming to San Antonio. So what's <laughs> the only way they have that do the draft? Mm-hmm. This is the way they have to do it. Yep. And they have three first rounders and yep. trades. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got cachet of young guys and flippable pieces. They can use, you know, ah, I mean, the Spurs are sitting pretty for the future, but, you know, this is the ugly side of the business, seeing, you know, a fan favorite get dealt. You know, Jack, James, we've this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what happened. George Hale, Kawhi Leonard. Turned out pretty good for a little short time. <laughs> really good, you know. It this looked like the future for a little while, huh? Yeah, it looked like the future for a little while, but, but look what happens. You deal white. You free up the minutes for Primo. He's looking like there is something very special there. Mm-hmm. DeJounte goes bananas, you know, against the Hawks. Devin? Uh, Vassell, yeah, Vassell just looked like he was a man possessed. Um, interesting uh, note, though, Murray did say after the game uh, about Vassell getting the start in his play. He said, I tell him to just please, to just be consistent. And yeah, there has been a little inconsistency this year with Vassell. Um, that's kind of one of the little low-key storylines that hasn't been talked about. Hold on, about hold on. That's enough. a trigger word for a lot of us here in San Antonio. We just yeah, got done talking yeah, about yeah. Lonnie Walker. <laughs> well, um, but Vassell, yeah, you know, he looked like he's really going to embrace that starting role. And it just makes sense that he should have been in the starting role to begin with. Mm-hmm. Flipping him for White. You know, White, you come off the bench. 
and the failure in. Now look what Boston's doing. They're having White come off the bench. He is their sixth man, and it worked. Uh, sometimes it just needs a new scenery, a new uniform. I know James loves that Boston uniform. It's so and, pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it, look at the Spurs now. Now, you know, uh, they get the Pelicans uh, later on tonight. You know, that should should be a W. But then again, C.J. McCollum, he sees silver and black jerseys, and he looks like he's the next coming of, you know, the greatest player ever. But, I'm glad you brought up the Pelicans. Because yeah. with that win over the Hawks last night, the Spurs are now just a game and a half back of the Pelicans for yeah. the 10 seed, mm-hmm. which puts you in the play-in tournament, mm-hmm. which firmly takes you out of top, top three consideration top, for the most part. Yeah, top three, sorry, yeah. So, with this young group and the yeah. way that they looked and if they continue to grow together, which is the point of playing your young guys mm-hmm. is that so they can grow together into mm-hmm. their new roles. The the lottery may still be a thing for them. Yeah. But I do believe that the play-in is now a very real thing for them. It's real. Knowing Pops, they're probably thinking now it's more vital than ever, you know, for them to get that experience. And listen, even if they fall out of that, top 10 slot doesn't still mean they have the assets to move up. They still have that option still. Yes. They, they can move up in the draft, you know, and that's what makes the, what Brian Wright did just, just phenomenal for the franchise. You know, you make the play in tournament, uh, win or lose. Great. You know, you win. Well, hello playoffs. Here we come. You, know, you lose. It's okay. You, you, you young guys got more experience about uh, playing in a pressure cooker game. And uh, to the draft we go, you know, I mean, it, 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 things are going to be okay. Um, but, but Jack, you're, you're better at this. I don't, if you make the playing ter- tournament, does it really impact your trade status? I thought it, I mean, your draft positioning? I yeah. It doesn't. If you make the postseason, then it does. Yeah. If you is make the postseason, like you're out of the lottery. If you Thank miss you. because of the, you're in the plane, you're in the lottery, you're but the your lottery. chances are like 3%. Like you have missed. Oh, okay. it, it's, yeah, it's basically like, if it's what happened to us when we got Devin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's basically, you barely yeah. missed the, uh, the playoffs. Like before the play in became a thing, mm-hmm. you're, you're the nine or the 10 seat. Like you get that 14th or 15th pick. Like we'll you're on the 12, back end of the we'll lottery. Be like 12 gotcha. to 14. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but I mean, this is a team that, um, first of all, I'm glad that they put the, the sentimental thing aside. You know, no, mm-hmm. like, we got to keep Derek for, you know, for the culture of the Spurs and this and that. No, it does. I mean, Brian Wright had to be a businessman, and he was. And now look, yeah, now look, you know, look, Derek's going to be fine. He's on a very good Eastern Conference team. You know, mm-hmm. he could be the missing piece that they need to vault them into a deep playoff run, very similar to what they did with Brent Forbes. You know, he, he gets released, he goes to Milwaukee, he wins the title. You know, who's to say Boston doesn't do the same with uh, White? I think White is going to flourish there. But more importantly, our young guys are going to now flourish. And, uh, yeah, it's just – I don't think they're done, Jack, though. I don't think they're done. I think this offseason, this team is – and then going into the next season of 22-23, it'll be different. Yeah, I don't I think agree. Lonnie will be back. I no. don't think Lonnie will be back. No. I, you know, the new kid, whoever they draft, uh, I mean, if it's, I always have thought about this, Jack. Do you really think this Spurs team 
if Pop is still around, would then their top five pick to Austin? I mean, that can't happen, right? No. I mean. They can't, right? No way. I, there would be riots. There <laughs> would be absolute riots. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I, I mean. It's hard to say no because the it's proof is right, in the pudding because that's pudding, what we right. always see, yeah. but it just seems like that would be an absolutely terrible move for sure. <laughs> We've seen like in these past two years, Devin and Lon or not yeah, Devin and Primo that Primo. they were both, you know, could have been on the team the whole time but spent majority of their yeah. time in Austin. Well, well Devin Devin got lucky. Yeah. yeah. He did get lucky, like, yeah. COVID yeah. kept him out of the G League. Yeah. But Primo, Primo should have. I mean, but then again, he's on the he's on the Keldon plan, so it wasn't too too bad. And I'm okay it with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. So you know, maybe this is a sign that Spurs are going to shift direction with their picks now, as far as utilizing their G League process uh, and whatnot. I mean, you got to be like a Wheeze Camp, you know, out there. You have to be like a Kaycock, you know, um, second round pick, if, you know, for, for the future ones they have. But if they land in that top five, top three. Top ten, that kid better be wearing a San Antonio uniform, not an Austin uniform. I'm not That's sure he does. I, I, I'm just saying. not That's sure anymore that the Spurs are top right. ten. Oh, oh, not top ten. Gotcha. I I think they have a legitimate shot now at vying for the play-in. Like with with the way the roster is constructed, Devin Vassell, in my opinion, has been the better fit. In the starting lineup next to Dejounte Murray, and yeah. now with uh, with Derek's exodus and Devin's promotion, basically into the starting lineup where he, I think he belonged. Yeah. You now have opened up more minutes, especially with the way that Lonnie has been playing of late for right. Joshua Primo, and that allows oh. this team just to be better. It allows them to yeah. be a better version of what they've been. And now mm -hmm. I think they have a legitimate shot at making a run at that playing tournament. I think tonight will be a good barometer for them in that team that is yeah. currently sitting in the 10 seed in New Orleans yeah. because they tried to make some moves prior to the deadline acquiring a C.J. McCollum to help solidify themselves for not just the play-in, but trying to make the playoffs themselves. So right. I think tonight will be a really good barometer for the Spurs team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, um, you, you know, all in all, you know, you, you look at the past few days for San Antonio, it really was a pivotal moment in this rebuild. It really, really was. Can you imagine, Jack, if they just said, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're not going to make a move. I mean, you, you wave that young. Imagine if that had happened. No. I mean, that, that, that would have been disastrous. Yes. That would have been disastrous. But you flip them now into a first-round pick. You 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 get this team in a position where now uh, the future is brighter, and I, I love it, Jack. I I just hope that they. I'm still you know tank a little bit. You know, pop, get your five wins and you're mm -hmm. good. You're good. Yeah, that's exactly good. what I'm about to. I'm I'm glad about that, pop. Congratulations to you, but no more winning. But. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to flip into that. Uh, the tenth, there's a possibility now of flipping them into the tenth seed. And the one of the final things Derek White said before he got traded, so those few games before that, um, is back when he he came back from either it was COVID or an injury, and he just said, "Oh, he goes, now that we're all healthy, now we're gunning for it." 
and it being the play-in. Mm-hmm. So that tells you, like, the mindset. I think this team thinks they're good enough to get that play-in spot. And if they do, well, you know, so be it. But the positioning, their future positioning is not so terrible, even if they do make the play-in. Mm-hmm. It won't be as detrimental to their future rebuild plan. And if we don't make, if we make the plan, we're looking at like 12 to 14. And then our next pick would be like 16 to 18. And then our next pick would be like 20 to 22. So that's, those are, if Not you bad. package yeah. a couple of those, you could absolutely you can move, move into the, the back yeah, end of the top move. 10. Yeah, definitely. Well, fine. Fine. Great. You know, move, great. Wonderful. But no, but here's um, the other thing we've talked about it. Patrick Baldwin may fall to you outside of the top ten anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a reaper. Why is he falling so much? I it's, thought he was. He, he just he made a bad choice. He went to play for the oh, University okay. of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and yeah. that team is terrible. And There's he's, nothing around him, yeah, so he just gets doubled yeah. every time, and it's just not working for him. Yeah, he went to play yeah, for his dad, which good on great. him. Yeah. But has hurt him though. If he playing were, alongside Paolo Banchero, if he and, would have gone to Duke, he'd be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully he shows out in the combine. He he would have to make the combine, right? Go out there and show out. Yeah, so, yeah. If he wants yeah. to jump pole vault himself higher in the draft, then yeah. yeah, he'll have to go play in all the the combine games and just like test out the waters. And here's the thing: is, you look at Duke, and you talked about him being a a Lottery pick if he were to do. Look at Paulo's getting a lot of the pub, but you're starting to hear AJ Griffin moving into the lottery. You're starting Trevor to Keels. hear, yeah, like these people are moving up the draft board because of the talent they're playing with. It's mm-hmm. making all of them better. Yep. Is there not one position this first could? I mean, outside of the point guard spot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, the triage. Look, I think they still need a, a, a better backup. I mean, I like Zach Collins. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, his injury history there kind of makes me feel a little nervous. Walker Kessler. Um, mm-hmm. That's who so I want. Would it be size? Would size be the number one thing on the to-do list? Just yeah. Front size. court. Fours and fives. Front, Front court. court. Yeah. Fours and fives. Five. Because Just here's, here's at least, I know I want this, and I'm pretty sure Jack wants a very similar thought process as to me. I want to put somebody basically at the four that can allow me to shift Keldon back over to his to a three where I think he would be better suited. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to move Doug McDermott into the second unit to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just yeah. my thought process. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is great. I mean, Spurs fans, yeah, it's stung a little bit to see Derek White go, but something had to give. Something had to give. Yep. And that's what it was. And, um, I look at this first team and, you know, the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel is brighter now. Uh, they just can't blow it in the draft. They just cannot blow it. No. I mean, there's no way they can blow it, right? <laughs> like, tell me, I mean, no they could, they but I, I <laughs> have faith that they won't because yeah. Yeah, they've right. done very well for themselves. Our last three picks have been fantastic. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, who do you want to make a run for in the off season? It's Aiton. Aiden and Collins. Yeah, you read my mind. I was like, <laughs> yes, Aiden has to be their, 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 their target. They have to be. If they get Aiden, 
Oh, my goodness. If we get Aiden and a solid my pick goodness. at the four. And here's the thing. You can't limit no, yourself to thinking down. only it's about free down. agents. You can't limit yourself yeah. to only thinking about free agents. Yeah. Think about players that could possibly, like Miles Turner didn't get moved at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Indiana had said that they were yeah. open to moving all of them. Mm-hmm. What if you're able to bring in a Miles Turner in the off season because something didn't that. come to... Okay, that, that, I'm just saying, like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> It's not just the free agents to look for. With this draft capital that they now have, there are multiple moves on the table for them. Mm -hmm. And and I think Aiton, for example, is an RFA. He's a restricted free agent. Mm -hmm. So money's not going to be an object for San Antonio. Money's not going to be an object. Can they can afford, what, two max players? Are Are they that? No, they're only at 40, so they can afford one max and and probably a mid level guy. Middle of okay, okay, well, fine. Well, there's a max offer for somebody. Yep. Hey, Aiden. Aiden. You know, uh, if we if we got DeAndre Aiden, here's the thing though. It, it, if I'm Phoenix, I mean, I'm doing the same thing I did yeah. with Atlanta with John Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's waiting for that match. offer just to match. Yeah. Yes. But there is the possibility that you can now utilize these draft picks mm-hmm. in order to facilitate. All right, we'll sign and trade him. You give us Aiton, we'll send you back some money to help make it match. Probably Jakob Pertle would be involved in that deal, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. because he's one of the higher-paid Spurs. And some draft Mm -hmm. compensation, and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, we're good. good. I'd love that. Thinking of the Spurs' future, too, what do you think about this, Jack? Is Murray now the guy where players can be like, yeah, I want to go to San Antonio because I want to play with Murray? Has he reached that level yet? You know, there's. I think I he's, right to, he's right there. He's right there. Go to New York because I want to play with. I'm making this up. Kevin Durant. Well, Brooklyn. I'm sorry. Kevin Durant. Is he that level yet? Because you're gonna want to have a piece there where it makes the playing with San Antonio yeah. more attractive. Uh, I'm not sure. He's he's right on that cusp for, for sure. I yeah. could definitely see players around the league wanting to play with him because he distributes the ball so well. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's just you know he's. First time All Star. If he makes another All NBA defensive team this year, which he absolutely yeah, should, it should be the first yeah, team. Yeah, he'll, he'll do it. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. He's gonna keep pole vaulting himself back in into that uh sort of um tier of player. But I mean, I sure. he helps yeah. us for sure. Be a destination where mm-hmm. people want. Yeah, and Keldon, his relationships he made with Team USA. Yeah, can't forget that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Draymond loved them. I get it. Clutch is really backing up their guys. That's for sure. Yeah, all the Team Clutch guys are all. Backing <laughs> each other right now. He is Jeff Garcia. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Of course, shout out Eagly. Shout out Eagly. Shout out Eagly. Yep. Peacemaker's been great. He's a man. Um, <laughs> Jeff. Obviously, you can read his stuff at Ken's Five. Or you can just listen to him on the Locked On Spurs podcast. He likes to have yep. a cavalcade of San Antonio yep. sports stars personalities through there from time well, to time. Up. Medina Medina's doing Monday. Brandon Medina is on Monday. For the Bulls game? Uh, no, we're talking more about the, the future of the okay. Spurs. And he had some interesting things to say. So oh. check out Locked On Spurs with San Antonio sports stars very own Brandon Medina. Who you can also catch tomorrow morning on the Sunday Sports yep. Grill. Jeff Thanks so much. Later, Appreciate guys. the time this morning. Later. We're going to come back with more. We're going to get you ready 
for the big game this weekend. That's right, Super Bowl 56. We've got the Rams taking on the Bengals, and everybody's on the Joe Burrow train. But can they actually pull off this upset? We'll let you know coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is James Pledger. Jack Thompson, the Saturday Morning Hangover. Welcome back into hour number two of the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Of course, you can follow along at sasportstar.com or via our Facebook and YouTube pages. You can also reach out to us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone line, 656-ESPN, 656-3776. Been very heavy with the Spurs being as active as they were, as active as they've been in franchise history over at the trade deadline. But we do have our final NFL game of the season tomorrow. The season comes to an end, and my heart will grow cold. (laughs) It's a rough time of year. I love, love me some football. Mm -hmm. College, NFL, all of it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the growth and development of teams throughout the year. And I love the offseason. The offseason is extremely fun. But everything led to this. The offseason, the draft, draft compensation, everything led to this moment. The Bengals, very homegrown. Mm -hmm. Drafted Joe Mixon. Drafted Joe Burrow, drafted um, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase T. and Higgins. T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Like they've filled their roster out through the draft very, very well. Yep. On the other side of that, there's two ways to build a team. There's the draft, which they did draft Cooper Cup. Let's give the Rams credit for that, and Cam Akers. But they haven't had a first pick for round pick for a while, and they. Going to have one in the very near future either because they've mortgaged that to bring in guys like Jalen Ramsey Mm -hmm. and Matthew Stafford, Mm -hmm. Von Miller this year. Like They have loaded up, and they did a mix of we're trading away assets for proven commodities and mixing it with the, the talent we did groom, the Aaron Donalds. Yeah. The, you know, Cam Akers, as I mentioned, like they, they've done a nice mix of both, but it feels like they are all in. Like they pushed their chips to the center of the table this offseason when they went and got Matt. Oh, Sacker. yeah, absolutely. It's, it is a championship or bust for them. No doubt about that. Now, tomorrow when they kick this game off is, I believe, as of right now, a, Four and a half point line still. Mm-hmm. I think this game's going to be close. This game feels like it's going to be extremely close. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be close too. I can see this game going a whole bunch of different ways. The one way I can't see it going, which is probably the way it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Is Cincinnati running away with it. I can see a close game. And... Los Angeles wins. As a matter of fact, I predicted 27-24 Los Angeles. Yeah. That's my score prediction for the game. I could see it going the other way. And the Bengals win on a close one. Mm -hmm. McPherson kicks a game-winning field goal or something. Yeah. 
I can see the Rams running away with it because Joe Burrow just has no time to get anything going because of that offensive line versus that defensive line. The only thing I can't see is Cincinnati running away with this game. That feels like the aberration of things that could happen. At least when I look at mm-hmm. everything in its totality. Yeah, it just feels like the Rams defense, especially the defensive line, is going to really prevent that from happening for sure. And you see Jalen Ramsey will probably be shadowing Jamar Chase for a majority of the game. So attacking them up front and clogging up the backside, I think, yeah, it'll be hard for me to see Cincy running away with it. I'm glad you brought up Jalen Ramsey shadowing Jamar Chase because this becomes, if if I'm the Rams, what's best for me? Because they do have a, a, a gluttony of options. Mm-hmm. If you take away Chase, they've still got Higgins, who's a, who was a one last year, and a very good one. Yeah. You got Tyler Boyd, who is probably the best slot guy in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. right? So, would you try and eliminate Jamar Chase from the game by putting Jalen Ramsey on him? Or would you say, I know he's the number one, but go race T. Higgins, and we're going to double Jamar all game oh, long. top and bottom? Yeah, I like that, actually. And, and basically turn this into, you're going to have to beat us with Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Joe Burrow... Leads the league in throwing, uh, like successful contest passes, mm-hmm. and so he really trusts his receiver to go up and make the play. So mm-hmm. even if you got the one on one and Ramsey's right there, Joe Burrow not going to be really afraid to let his guys go up and make a play. So that's going to be interesting to see. No, he's not, and that's going to be very interesting to see. I just when it comes to the game of chess between offenses and defenses in the NFL, I find it fascinating because you have an eraser in Jalen Ramsey, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you try to eliminate the game's best player or do you try and scheme the game's best player out and eliminate the next option? And and, and in essence, you're taking away two options at that point. Or do you let Jalen... Be Jalen, mm-hmm. go take away Jamar Chase, yeah. and then roll your coverage to the other side of the field in terms of Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. It's tough. I like that idea of doubling him and putting him on T. Higgins, though. I'm. It, it's it's a chess match, and yeah. Sean McVay is really good at chess matches. He does an, an outstanding job, and the fact that they're here with this team, it feels a lot kind of... Like the Cowboys season should have been, in in essence, right? The Cowboys season, they started off really hot, mm-hmm. as did the Rams. There was a point in, in the middle to mid-late of the season where I had questions about both of these teams. Yeah, Both of these teams had glaring questions as they were coming down the stretch. But the Rams managed to correct those mistakes going out and yeah. and get hot as they were going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys did not. And Sadly. part of that, I do think, fell on their defense because their defense wasn't playing well towards the middle end of the season. Their defense was getting beaten up a little bit, Jalen Ramsey, but they managed to mm-hmm. 
schematically figure some things out. And that's when it also felt like Von Miller, fighting Texas A&M Aggie, by the mm-hmm. way. Von Miller finally looked like he started to mesh yeah. with the Rams' defense. Because yeah, yeah. early on, it didn't feel like everything was set. But a few weeks in the system, getting to know the playbook better, and towards the end of the season, they really started getting going defensively. And you saw what Von Miller's value was in addition to Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Yeah, with with Von Miller being able to get comfortable in that defensive scheme and them lining Donald and Von Miller up on the same side a lot to either get a a one a definite one-on-one for one of them is a is definitely going to be a big part of this game. It's going to come down to the trenches for sure for the Bengals. I mean, if they can negate them just at all, I'm pr- confident that the Bengals can go out there and win it, but if if Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller are just having, they're just teeing off on Burrow back to back, just having taken turns. It's going to be, could be a real long day for him. And maybe this, this is where I keep Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase because Jalen is a press man guy. Yeah. He gets up in the receiver's face. He mm-hmm. doesn't give him that cushion. Mm-mm. Yeah. And with that offensive line that we continually talk about being as porous as, as it is, and that defensive front, Joe Burrow, while leaning the league in sacks, mm-hmm. does get the ball out quickly because yeah. he has to. Mm-hmm. Believe uh, most of his throws are under three point nine on his release. Yeah. So, if you look at that, you put Ramsey. You you because they do a lot of quick hitters to Jamar in the flat too especially when, when corners are playing off on them. All of a sudden, you make Burrow have to hold that ball a tick longer, allow that rush to actually get there. So it's going to be interesting defensively to see what they do, but offensively, conversely, for the Bengals, how do they negate that? How do they slow that pass rush down? I think Joe Mixon's going to be a huge, huge component for them if they're going to win this game in terms of slowing that defensive front down yeah agree joe mixon if he can if he can get between the gaps and bust some outside and just keep that defense honest yeah i think that'll definitely definitely help cincy out on the offensive end but man i just feel like their offensive line is in for a long day it feels like it right Mm -hmm. but the one thing you can negate with the with the team that can get back in the backfield as quickly as they do, bouncing screen it. games. Yeah, screen games, bouncing it outside. Like screen games, you allow those rushers to get upfield. All of a sudden, once you pop a few screens on them with Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. are they more hesitant in getting into the backfield because they're looking for the screen? And that's one way to help to kind of alleviate that thought. But you got to be successful in it as well. Yeah. That's the only way you're, you're going to be able to slow down that pass rush with successful screen and running games to where they're not going straight after the quarterback. Here's the thing. Since he does a very good job, and we've seen it throughout this postseason, of coming from behind, mm-hmm. they did against Tennessee. Yep. They did against the the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Like They have made a living 
off of coming back to win ball games in this postseason. Yeah. With that offensive line, with that Rams defensive front, I don't think they can afford to fall behind in this game. No, I don't I don't either. Just because that that pass rush is so good, that's what they're looking for. Yeah, and they're, they're looking to get up big so that they can tee off. Yeah, and that offensive line is just going to wear down more and more throughout the game. So if it's coming down to the last quarter and you've been beaten up all game, your line's been taking a beating, that last quarter is going to be real long for them because that's when Donald and Miller and Floyd get going. They'll mm-hmm. send Ramsey off the edge sometimes. They're going to... if. If the Bengals get down, they're going to start trying to tee off on Joe Burrow, that's for sure. He is Jack Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. I gave you my prediction. We'll get Jack's coming up before the end of the show as we get ready for Texas A&M and Auburn today. By the way, Spurs fans, if you're interested, keep an eye, keep an ear on this game today. Yep. Because there is a dude that would look pretty good in silver and black in Walker Kessler. We'll talk yeah. about him a little bit later. But first, Emmett Smith came onto the Blitz yesterday. And he had some choice things to say about the coaching with the Dallas Cowboys. And he seems about as frustrated as you do, Cowboy fans. We'll let you hear some of that next, right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by my guy Jack Thompson right here on San Antonio Sports Star. It was a big day yesterday, and you just heard about the Root Pub right there. Don't forget, the Root Pub tonight, great place there in the Angry Elephant to go and check out UFC tonight. At Asanya Whitaker 2, like, that's going to be a great matchup, and that that fight's in Houston. Sugar Sean O'Malley's fighting tonight, too. Yep, yep. Those are my two favorite fighters. The Stylebender and O'Malley. O'Malley's great. I I always, with him, just pray for health. Yes. yes. <laughs> when it comes to O'Malley, it's just praying for health, because I think he's a fantastic fighter. Yeah. is just he's always hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's been the book on him, but as long as he's healthy... I think he's one of the most polished fighters yeah, in UFC. He's so good. That card tonight in Houston, of course, you can check it out at the Roo Pub on those three massive laser screens. Jack, I teased this as we went to break. Emmett Smith, not a fan, it sounded like, of Mike McCarthy yesterday on the Blitz. And this is going to be a bit longer, but it is worth it. This is about five minutes of Emmett Smith just kind of teeing off on the Cowboys head coach, or at least that's how I perceived it. How do you perceive this? Well, 
That's a very good question. <laughs> I didn't even ask a question. I just throw it out there. You yeah. know where I'm going. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going, but I'm going, uh, what's your question? Well, I, I mean, you, you look at it. Well, a lot of times it, 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 I'm is not going to talk about it, what's your question. Is it quarterback? Is it scheme? Is it, uh, you know. Like, fix it, Emmett. Fix yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I mean. I, I mean right. First of all, I don't think it's quarterback. I don't think it's scheme. Okay. What I really believe is it is the inconsistency, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it again. People don't understand um, how important it is to be consistent as an offensive unit Mm -hmm. and as an individual player. The overall totality of our team has shown inconsistency on the offensive side as well as the defensive side. What I mean by that is mistakes are made in the passing game, blocking, Mm-hmm. They're made in the play selection called play calling. That's on the coaches. Mm-hmm. And it's also made in the context of uh, penalties that our guys are, are, are getting, whether it's uh, false start penalties or holding penalties, things that plagues a series or a drive. And you can flip that over on the other side of the equation, on the defensive side, and see it the same way too, mm-hmm. uh, where you got guys that are getting pass interference penalties, which is hard anyway. Uh, because the league is geared towards passing the ball, but we're not stopping the run, and we got guys jumping off sides. Mm-hmm. So all of those things right there in the game itself is, has nothing to do with coaches. has everything to do with individual players being focused and disciplined in terms of their profession and being pros about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they don't eliminate those things. It's one thing to start off in week one or week two and have some challenges like that, but by the time we get to week four, five, six, seven, and eight, and nine, and ten, a lot of those things should be eliminated. We never eliminated them. They they carried it throughout the whole entire season, and they won just off a of sheer talent alone. Period. Mm-hmm. Now, you take these things off the table, they'll win a lot more games. They'll be a lot more better. They'll they'll be better. They'll be a lot more efficient, and the execution ability will be. Like a machine. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the Rams. You see that in the in the in the Bengals. You saw that in the Niners. We saw that in other teams. Tampa Bay was that way. Mm-hmm. And they they got better and better week in and week out. We kinda got good when yep. put up fifty something hand and we dropped so badly. And we didn't eliminate the issues that we had in the red zone. So you must put the ball in the end zone. And that could be schemed around the red zone area. So there's a number of things that I believe that can get corrected and corrected fairly quickly, which we can find ourselves in the NFC Championship game next year. You know, Emmett, and, and, and again, talking with Michael and Troy and you and Daryl, you guys were so good, and that team was so good. It, it almost seems like it frustrates you guys to watch these guys right yeah, now. Yeah, because I see talent just like we had, but what I see is execution at a mediocre, mediocre way uh, on, on a consistent basis. Um, that's the thing that's killing and plaguing this team, those mistakes. And one thing that we – look at us. We didn't get a whole lot of penalties. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Troy didn't get sacked a whole lot. Maybe early on in 1990, 91, 92, <laughs> yeah, that, when we were yeah. building this thing, he got sacked quite a bit. But once we understood – what was going on, and we put everything into play and the motion? No. He didn't get hit that often. He didn't get hit that often at all. We didn't turn the ball over that often mm-hmm. because Jimmy made it a point to protect the football. He made it a point to execute at all levels and all three phases of the game. So, Emmett, as you say that, 
Jimmy made it a point. Jimmy held you guys accountable. Yes. You as teammates held each other accountable. Yes. As a former player, a guy that's been there, do you think that accountability standard is held either from the coaches or players in the locker room? You tell me after all the things I just told you. (laughs) Hell no. I shouldn't have to answer that question. I should not have to. That's my point. Yeah. That is my main point right there. Period. And, you know, when I think about Mike Tomlin and his team, Mm -hmm. they're very disciplined and they are who they are. You don't have to second guess that team because you know who they are. When I think about Jim Harbaugh and his team, not Jim, John, mm-hmm. John Harbaugh and his team, very disciplined, and they focus. They are who they are. When I look at uh, our Cowboys, I'm looking for who we gonna be. Are we gonna stay the same, or are we gonna just take all of this talent and waste it over three or four or five year time frame, assuming and expecting to do something great, doing the same things over and over and over again? That's I, in, uh, yeah. I, mean, I see. I can see. Uh, yeah, and I can see the frustration. It's frustrating as hell. Absolutely. I mean, you see great talent being wasted. You see time passing, and as Joe Avanzano used to say, it catches up to you when it catches up to you. Mm-hmm. Other words, if you don't eliminate the the little foxes in the vineyard, they're gonna eat up all the doggone grapes, and the grapes will be gone. Years will be gone, and you're going to find yourself starting over again, and fans are just going to get more and more and more frustrated with Jerry, with the team, and everything else. That was Emmett Smith yesterday on The Blitz, and if you want to hear that full interview, it was great. It was fantastic. He also has this nice nugget about Jimmy Johnson running a practice, not giving him a first down that he thought he had gotten in practice, and it's it it feels a lot like Tim and Pop in terms of the story he told and Jimmy coming to him and basically saying, Emmett, if they see that I can get on you about something, because it's it ate at Emmett like all week long. Yeah. Like it ate at him. And he finally told him, Emmett, if I can show them that I can get on you, they have to be held accountable. And it felt as soon as I heard it, very much like a Tim and Pop story. Yeah. So I hear what Emmett just said. And a lot of that feels like it is directed at Mike McCarthy, the coaching staff, and their inability to right wrongs within the season. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, how do you feel running it back with the exact same guys? Because he talks about all the talent that is there. You're winning games off sheer talent. You're trying to scheme things. You're trying to get out outsmart people. You don't have an identity. Yeah. We figured in the middle of the season, like they were running the ball extremely well. All of a sudden, they're throwing it 50 times a game all the way down the stretch. Why? There was so much success when you ran the ball 25 times a game between two bags, it doesn't matter who's getting the carries, just the fact that you were yeah. giving carries. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of that falls on the coaching staff, right? Yeah. It really does. And what he said about Tomlin and Harbaugh, like week in and week out. You know who they are. You know what that team's bringing to the table. And he was right about the Cowboys. Literally every week, we would would know... What we were going to get. Is Dak going to throw it 50 times? Are we going to pound it with Zeke? Is Pollard going to play? 
Are we going to hit Amari? Like, what are we going to do this week? Is and, CD going to be involved this yeah, game? Like, so that's definitely uh, wrongs that have to be righted. We have to find our identity and stick to it and just continue to build upon it. But you mentioned that you don't know the identity of the Cowboys. And I don't, I, I don't think a lot of teams or a lot of fans know what the identity of the Cowboys is. Mm-hmm. But let's just look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. If I tell you, what's the identity of the Los Angeles Rams? Cooper Cup's going to get the ball yeah. 11 times a game. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford's probably going to throw it about 30. But it's going to be balanced with Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers. Yeah, they'll have about 25 carries between the three of them. But they're going to get their playmaker. They're going to absolutely make sure that their playmakers get their touches. Conversely, on the flip side, who are the Bengals? They're going to hit Jamar Chase. They're going to find T. Higgins, and they're going to run it with Joe Mixon. They exactly. They're going to run it even down twenty-one to three at the half. Mm-hmm. They never gave up on the run against the Chiefs. Nope. Never. Never got out of that. Mm-mm. That's identity right there. That's an identity. Yep. You're not breaking. Look at the San Francisco 49ers who were in the championship game, beating both the Cowboys and the Packers on the way there. They were trailing down, what, 17 at one point Mm -hmm. in a win or go home game in week 17 against these Rams. Yep. Never stopped running the football because that's who they are. They never stopped running the football. They found different ways to do it. They they run it with Debo Samuel. Yeah. They motion guys. They're bringing a third tackle across uh, in motion. Mm-hmm. Like they're finding different ways to get you involved. And when this offense was at its peak, not only were they running the football effectively, Connor McGovern was being used in specific packages to make sure that they were running the ball effectively. They'd mm-hmm. line them up at fullback. They'd split them out as a third tackle. They they did a whole they split him out wide at one point yep. so that he could block on a wide receiver screen mm-hmm. they motioned him as a flex tight end and yep. then split him out wide at one point that's the creativity the cowboys need they have it i know where did it go though yeah because they they inserted they inserted connor mcgovern into the starting lineup so all of a sudden and i Brought that up on this very show. You did. What happens to the those plays? Because I thought they were very successful. Yeah. They weren't massive. They were a small niche amount of plays, but it helped them form an identity of who they were. Yep. We never saw them again for the rest of the season, even once they put flag machine Connor Williams back in the lineup because Connor Montgomery couldn't hack it at guard. Right? Mm-hmm. You would think a good time to bust those plays back out would be after he's pulled out of the starting lineup. Like, all of a sudden, I can dip back into my bag of tricks, but they never did because they were throwing it 50 times a game. Yeah. I think you can feel the frustration in in Emmett's voice in that interview. Oh, yeah, you can. Understandably so. (laughs) Very understandably so. And with Sean Payton enjoying life in retirement. Mm Mm-hmm. The seat is going to be so incredibly hot for Mike McCarthy coming into this year. How hot? Well, 
Jack and I are going to talk about next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. You can follow us hey, on hey. Twitter. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. Jay Glenn joins on our YouTube live feed saying, I'm starting to think the Rams dominate and win by three scores. Yeah, I can see that will come happen. I mean, it's entirely possible. Eventually, you can't come back. Eventually. Yeah. It's it's like the penalties with the Cowboys. Yeah. Eventually. It's going to come back to bite you. Exactly. Can't keep coming back. He also says Cowboys are a passing team. Not a good one, but a passing team. (laughs) Fair assessment. I look at the Cowboys, and they're going into the season with Mike McCarthy. I think he's on the hottest seat of all coaches. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Because you got Jerry's guy sitting out there, right? Mm -hmm. Sean Payton. Yep. Just waiting. Yep. Just waiting for that phone call. Oh, yes. And you got two, two guys that Jerry seems to love. Yeah, both if, interviewed for multiple head coaching jobs. If things don't go well immediately, I could see Jerry having a quick hook, and especially if like the penalties continue to persist into the season with all the talent that this team has, I could see him pulling the, the hook within the first four or five weeks of the season yeah. if they get off to a slow start. And we t- we've all heard about how much he loves Kellen Moore. He he thinks he's his next Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Well, if you pull the hook early on a guy, all of the sudden, you're at least before having to resort to Sean Payton. Yeah, you you're giving Kellen basically a trial run. Mm-hmm. See, I think it'll be Dan Quinn that if Mike is yanked, I think DQ really? takes over as okay. interim head coach, just because one of the key things that was in the news week in and week out for the Cowboys was like time management, just being mm-hmm. the head coach. And Dan Quinn has extensive um, you mm-hmm. know, knowledge in doing that. So I think with how the Cowboys are in a win now, we need to get stuff done now type of mode. Mm-hmm. I think catapulting someone who has not been a head coach into that position would could be somewhat maybe of a detriment rather than putting in Dan Quinn who has the time there, knows what to do, and already has the rapport with... I mean, no one in the Cowboys organization wanted DQ to leave. And you make a a very valid point because remember when Mike McCarthy had to miss due to COVID, Mm -hmm. it was Dan Quinn who took over as the head coach against the New Orleans Saints, not Kellen Moore. Yes. And that is a very fair point. But in terms of the psychology of a team, when you know that this is going on in the background and in the periphery. Mm -hmm. I look at the team and start to think to myself, like, how hard am I going to play for this guy? Yeah. Like, if things start going bad and you know that his seat is as hot as it is, a team can check out really quick on something like that. It's true. It is true. I mean, we saw it. We saw it with Wade, Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. Wade Phillips had a great team, great defense, 
players loved playing for him, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knew that his seat was warm going into that season. Absolutely. They get off to a slow start. All of a sudden, it looked like that team just quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. I just feel like Kellen's going to have so much on his plate as it is to try and get this offense, you know, moving the way we need it to, getting, you know, pre-snap motions, these fancy plays with moving uh, linemen into the backfield and out wide to block, just making sure we hit CD. CD needs at least 12 to 15 targets every single game, and I think Kellen has a lot on his plate trying to rectify all that, so moving DQ over to that head coach, if it happens, I think will will honestly pay dividends for Mm -hmm. the team. Adrian Diaz on our Facebook live feed says, of course Peyton is waiting. Have you seen the movie Home Team? His son tells him to come to Dallas. His response was, I can't. They have a coach already. <laughs> it's subliminal messaging, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jay Glenn says on our YouTube live feed that without all the free agents the Cowboys have, there's no way McCarthy survives. As a big point of this, yeah, that, who, that defense was who really brought good. in those free agents? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, and there, a bunch of them are free agents. You're yeah. talking about J. Ron Curse. We got to bring Curse back. Huge. Have to bring Curse back. You're talking about Curse. Talking about Randy Gregory. N- need you yeah. need to bring need Randy, Randy Gregory. Need back. Randy Gregory. You talk about uh, Keanu Neal. Need Keanu Neal. You talk about uh, Leighton Vanderesh. He he thrived in the role that yeah. he was in this no, year yeah, because he, he, he did. wasn't trying to cover up for Jalen Smith. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anymore, mm-hmm. like he looked like the guy he did his rookie and and sophomore season. Yeah, we'll see how the draft plays out for sure. I'd love to get Nicobe Dean, or there's a a linebacker out of Wyoming mm-hmm. who's really really good too. I would love to get one of them. Nawa. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, Leighton, of the four that you just mentioned, I would say is the most, I don't know. I mean, Keanu, very good. Leighton, very good. It's one of those two will not be back. Yeah, and it. here's the problem, especially when you're over the cap, and I know Dap freed up some money by restructuring his mm-hmm. deal, 16, but they're yeah, still yeah. over basically right now, so they're going to have to come up with more money after that. Some of these guys are in line for a payday. In terms of Randy Gregory, his oh, yeah. first ever. Yes, first ever big payday. So, Pay that man, too. We need him. So now you have to start making decisions about, it's not just about restructuring guys, what guys are expendable. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the four that you just mentioned, I would say that none of them are necessarily expendable. It's just, I don't know. No, if you I mean, keep of all who's them. on the roster. If you're trying to keep, of those oh, four, yeah. If you're trying to keep them, some other guys have to be oh, cut yes. loose in, in order to make mm-hmm. more cap space to Agreed. be able to retain these guys. Yeah, yeah. Some of those guys, like Demarcus Lawrence, it just really depends. Amari on... Cooper. Yeah. It's just we'll see what we do in the draft, man. Because yeah, I mean, if we can go get a good young edge, another good young linebacker, or would you good say young receiver? Demarcus Lawrence has lived up to his contract. Maybe not in the terms of flat out stats, 
but his impact, I would say. I I don't I don't like that. I, I, it feels like a cop out of trying to address somebody. His impact. Cooper Cup has an impact. You can double, triple him. He's he's, he's going to be open regardless. That's why you pay him that money. J.J. Watt got triple teamed a lot of the times. He still had produced double-digit sacks every year. And even if he wasn't getting sacks, his QB pressures were off the charts. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about with Tank. His QB pressures are great. But that's a stat. That's objectifiable. And But the problem is, on top of that, his QB pressures are great when in the lineup. Yes, his injuries are definitely a, a red flag. He, he, he's he been injured. He's he's not getting the pressure. And a lot of people talk about the pressure. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's getting some pressures. But his pressures aren't among the league leaders a lot of times. Just because it, it may be pressures per snap yeah. that he plays. Yes. But Randy Gregory's providing far more of an impact than, than is Randy. Or but I think Randy so- Gregory's. Providing far more of an impact than is Demarcus I think a lot of that, week to week. A lot of that, though, is week to week. When Tank is in the lineup, he gets he becomes a focal point of the scheme, and then Randy Gregory. But he missed eight games this year. Who was did. the focal point while he was out? Randy Gregory, who still got home. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Parsons took over too. Exactly got his double digit sacks. Where was where was Demarcus Lawrence to? Garner all this attention that everyone talks about while those two were balling out while he was out. No, I, I I agree. I agree. I just, I mean. I get the love of a guy that grew up with the team and you want to keep him. At, but at some point, no, this is a business. Yeah. And it's a cost. A lot like the Derek White trade. I was just about I to say I know you that. are. I know you are. <laughs> Read my mind. It's a lot like Derek White. Spurs fans, you may love him. But it's for the best to let him go. I think Spurs fans are going to love Josh Richardson. Probably. Dude's a dog. He's great on both ends. Mm-hmm. I, I love him. I remember watching him in Dallas. And yeah, going, and in Miami. Mm-hmm. There was, was one like, season in Miami that. he averaged 17 points a game. Yep. But Demarcus <laughs> Lawrence, like the production <clears throat> isn't what it needs to be for what the value of this contract is. And you could kind of say the same thing about Amari Cooper. Yeah. There's some money you can free up with mm-hmm. two guys that could bring back a J. Ron Kirsch, bring back a Keanu Neal, bring back I mean, a that, would, that would be enough money to bring back all those guys. Exactly. I mean, if, if in the draft we go get an end and a receiver, then obviously there's something there. You have to remember, though. Free agency comes before the draft in mm-hmm. the NFL. Fair, that is true. March fifteenth. So the, yeah. these are these are things decisions and moves that must be made that prior. have to be made prior to going into the draft. You use the draft to supplement what you didn't do in free agency. Mm-hmm. I want some of them Georgia players, man. <laughs> Nicobe give me Nicobe Dean. Dean. <laughs> give me Nolan Smith off the edge. How mm-hmm. man, I would love that. Them Georgia players, they were some dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, that defense was as good as it was for a reason. He is Jack Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. 
You're listening to the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. We're going to put a bow on this thing, let you know what we think about the Spurs moving forward, and finally our predictions for Super Bowl 56. That's all coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. You're locked into the Saturday Morning Hangover with Jack Thompson and me, James Pledger. We were talking a little bit about it during the break. Man, I have a bucket list thing, and I want to watch a college basketball game in in an environment like what they're showing at Auburn. Like Cameron Indoor would just be nuts for me. Yeah. And that's been on my bucket list for a very long time. And of course, I got you, David. Uh, he wants to know, can we talk Texans? Of course. Lovey Smith, brand new head coach out there in Houston. Love the guy. Love the hire. Didn't like the way they got to him. Yes. Can they move to Sean? His deposition is this month. That will clear up a whole lot of things. Yep. And once that is cleared up, that's when Deshaun's movement's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yep. Like, they just need to get through the depositions, find out some legal clarity moving forward, and once there's more clarity, it doesn't have to be taken care of. There just needs to be, like, clarity in terms of, okay, the the government, the feds aren't pressing charges, the city of Houston's not pressing charges, these are going to remain civil. Yeah. That'll once, definitely clear a lot of stuff up. If it's only the civil stuff he's dealing with, people are going to start lining up at that point because yep. the, there's now clarity as to, okay, I don't have to worry about him going to jail. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. Also, talking about the Spurs, shoulda, coulda, wouldas with the Cowboys, Vassell had a monster game. Yeah, had mm-hmm. a monster game last night. We talked about it the entire first hour of the show. Lettuce and plus minus, 20 points in 28 minutes. Can't ask for more. DeJounte had a pretty monster night, too. Oh, career. All five starters were in, were in plus 20, I believe, at least. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. And then Josh Primo with 28 minutes. Oh, that, that is music to my ears right there. <laughs> music to my ears. So the big game's coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow. I think that the offensive and defensive lines for the Rams are what's going to be the turning point in this. Yeah. So for me, I lean Rams 27, Bengals 24. The Bengals are going to cover, I think, but I do think the Rams win just because of that front. And it's going to be a storybook ending, and for the second straight year, we're going to have a home team winning in their home stadium. Yeah. What's... Give me the Rams. Uh, give me the Rams. I like the Rams twenty-four to twenty. Okay, so no matter what, this game a the Bengals cover, mm-hmm. and b the under. Yes, and I like the under in this. I do too. Text Guerrero asked me who I want to win. I want the Bengals to win. I'd love for the Bengals to win. Honestly, 
I don't I really like, care because I like Matthew Stafford I too. Do too. It's just the swag. And I of Joe love Burrow. Cooper Cup, but yeah, Joe Burrow. I mean, if he wins this, he instantly pole vaults himself. I want to see him smoking a cigar at the end of the game yeah. in the locker room on a couch, just mm-hmm. chilling with probably the Lombardi Trophy sitting next to him as well. Like the the amount of swag that Joe Burrow carries with himself is on par with very few people. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is just got this it to him. Joe and Burr. You, you gravitate towards that. Yeah. As a player, as a fan, as Jamar just... Chase referred to him as a god. Yes. I've never heard that. Oh, so you did see that clip? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. But I mean, it, within three years, he could get him a national championship ring and a Super Bowl ring. So, And he didn't play one of those years, and not because of injury. Yeah, so <laughs> I can understand why he re- might refer to this man as a god, because all he's ever seen him do is win. Here's the thing. Think about it in this terms. Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. in the only two two seasons he's played football, Mm-hmm. Over the last few seasons, would have won a national title and a Super Bowl. Yeah, incredible. Like it, the the last two seasons of football he's actually played would result in two of the biggest trophy moments in all of sports. Yep. And then Joe Burrow becomes the first Heisman national championship, first pick, Super Bowl winner of all time. David on our Facebook live feed says, Pledge, Thompson, and the acquired taste Jimenez. Seven to ten weeknights. A force of radio. (laughs) That's what we do. I'm in it. All right, so what do you think? Uh, Before we get out of here, lastly, Spurs, I love what I've seen. I love the moves at the deadline. Absolutely love it. What are your what do you think they do moving forward now? Because I think they have a legitimate chance of making the play in now and possibly the postseason. Yeah, I mean they could absolutely make the play in. We're gonna be running and in gunning finally, we're gonna be fast paced, moving the ball a lot, and we're gonna be tough. Josh Primo tough out. Jay Rich. Mm-hmm. I could certainly see us making that play in tournament. As much as I want that high lottery pick, it's Falling and falling by the week. Mm-hmm. So might as well buckle up. Just enjoy the ride and we'll see where it takes us. See, I love this because I think they can make the playing tournament. And here's the best part about making the playing tournament. What if they get like the 10 or the 9 seed and they end up facing the Lakers in the first round? Oh, and then they beat the Lakers. <laughs> that's a dub right there. Get the Lakers out of here. <laughs> he is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. Thank you for hanging with us this morning. No posts up today. We're about to take Watch you straight into Texas A&M and Auburn. And by the way, as you're watching Auburn, keep an eye not on Jabari Smith because he's going to be we're out not of our gonna get him. But Unless now, we trade up. But now, Walker Kessler. Keep a name on that. This has been the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.